Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Don't touch that dial. You're tuned in to the Dread Podcast Network. Welcome to Development Hell. horror movie that hits VOD, countless others end up DOA. Development Hell is the podcast dedicated to unearthing these cursed horror productions. We're going to find out what went wrong and then decide if these titles still stand a shot at the green light. I am your host, Josh Korngut. I am the managing editor of Dread Central. I am also a filmmaker in Toronto, Canada. This podcast is a proud member of the Dread Podcast Network. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to a brand new episode of Development Hell. Today is a very exciting day for me because we're talking about a topic that I am very obsessed with. Listeners of this podcast probably already know how much I'm a fan of Are You Afraid of the Dark? But today's no average Are You Afraid of the Dark podcast episode. No, no, no. We are talking about Are You Afraid of the Dark, the movie. Yes, there was going to be an Are You Afraid of the Dark movie back in 2019-ish, and it never happened. Is it going to happen? Well, today we're going to find out. With me, we have a very special guest judge, Renee Croft. Um, how's it going? What's going on with you today? It's going great. I'm so excited to be on the show. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, <laughs> like, you totally nailed it. I Afraid of the Dark was one of our, especially as a Canadian, was one of our like signature shows growing up in the 90s. So it's so great to like have this platform to talk about our passion for the show and the movie, which we never got, but I'm super excited to get into with you. I cannot wait. But before we get into it, I was wondering, could you introduce yourself to the Development Hell audience? Absolutely. So, hi. My name is Renee Croft. I run the account Horror for Kids. Um, Horror for Kids pretty much was slash is my pandemic baby. Um, (laughs) I started it about two years ago. And what I wanted to do is just kind of create a really safe space for all fans of horror uh, no matter how old you were, no matter how big of a chicken you were growing up or, or, or what you can and can't watch, it, it was, and it's, it's intended to be a space where everyone, no matter your background, culture, gender, sexuality can come and enjoy horror 
in a really fun and family friendly light. So what that means is I post a lot of like behind the scenes pictures, uh, like pretty much nostalgic promos of our favorite TV shows and movies. Are you afraid of the dark and goosebumps? So weird. Uh, eerie Indiana, the Adams family, all whatever brought us into the horror genre is what I want to celebrate with my horror for kids account. So that's what I do could not have a more perfect guest for today's topic and i'm so psyched to have you here i'm actually such a big fan of horror for kids so like i'm kind of starstruck right now like literally i come across you guys every day um not long ago you guys posted i think i don't even think that they had a name but an actor that was auditioning for the original adams family for uncle fester it's crazy inside stuff that (laughs) if you're a horror fan you gotta check out horror for kids Thank you. Thank you so much for that. And like the, the, the crazy part is I find like a lot of people think that like I just know everything that pertains to horror for kids. And that's not true at all. Like I'm literally learning as I go. Like I'm researching. Um, I'm doing a lot of like looking through behind the scenes videos. And so I'm learning as I go, which is, which has just been so much fun. Like I can't even explain to you the, the joy that I get, like finding out new, new facts about movies that, that we all love and, and, and sharing them with everyone. It, it honestly has been so much fun and having the chance to talk to amazing podcasters and accounts like yourself and, and, and just the whole horror community has just been so welcoming. It's been amazing. You know, you, you're you're itching like a really specific area of horror that is like so important to all of us, which is gateway horror. And I think like that's why people are really mm, responding to your outlet and the account because the content is just so nostalgic and uh, wholesome. And and I don't know, it's always fun. I'm a big fan. And you guys have gone viral a couple of times. I've noticed there was this alien video that like broke the internet. Can you talk about that? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So in my research and in my scouring of the internet for family-friendly horror content, I found this clip of a body double that they used of uh, Sigourney Weaver for the Aliens film. And and here's the thing too, like because this is a kid's account, I I often have to really like review and kind of like look at what I'm posting and make sure that it's family-friendly and. Uh, so I've, I've and I, I like a lot of times when I when I do post something from like a franchise that isn't necessarily geared towards kids, it's still in like a pretty family friendly or a behind the scenes light that kind of would would show a kid or a teen that like it's not real kind of thing. So to see that that body double and like the way that it was moving and just crinkling and crunching was really kind of cool. And uh, I, I think that really like resonated with a lot of people who had no idea that that even existed, and uh, were just so amazed to see like that that type of uh, behind the scenes work. I mean, it's all so magical. But to get right into the topic today, uh, what is your personal relationship with Are You Afraid of the Dark? When is the first time you encountered this franchise? So I'm a '90s kid. I was born in '92. Um, Are You Afraid of the Dark had started two years prior to that, but I must have been like, maybe like as early as like maybe six years old, like five, six years old, the first couple episodes that I remember, or like my parents who like, my parents loved that show too. So there's, there's like, that's, it was just such a moment in like my childhood that I really loved. 
and uh, that meant a lot to me. And which is which I think why like I, and we briefly touched on this too. Like it's just such a comfy '90s vibe to it. Oh, big time, especially for fellow Canadians. I think there's just something about the look and feel of the show that takes you directly into Canadian suburbia <laughs> late '90s, and totally. that's a magical thing. Totally, totally, like. For some reason, it just seems like such a magical time. Like I don't know. I I feel like, like I I have this thing where it's like, uh, like people were a lot more, I guess, like communal. Like I remember, like Halloween, like the whole street was out for Halloweens, and like just, just it just seemed like such a, I guess, such a more innocent time, if that makes sense. Oh yeah, big time. And TV kind of felt more innocent back then. I'm yeah. wondering, like, f- well, for me, Are You Afraid of the Dark goes so hand in hand with watching YTV on a Friday night, and maybe oh, even more specifically, like Halloween season YTV when they did. I think it was called The Dark Night. Is that correct? Oh my god, it's called The Dark Night. PJ <laughs> Phil, I am so amazing. Yeah. Oh yeah, I mean, oh yeah. And- Paul, Paul Mc, uh, McGuire? Was it Paul McGuire? I oh, it I have to trust you on that. They uh, they had that. It, it, yeah, so it was Paul. Uh, sorry, Pat McGuire. It was PJ Phillip and Pat McGuire. They had uh, the Dark Knight segments that ran all through the 90s. Um, the last one, I believe, was Dark Knight 5. I could be wrong about that. But the two of them, like I, I, I believe I read that that was kind of like their idea. Like they, they came up with that and it just goes to show, like, I feel like the amount of care that went into TV back in the day, like for two hosts slash anchors to put together these, these like segments for kids that were just so memorable is just (laughs) cool. Yeah. And for people that maybe don't remember, there were just these kind of, yeah, it was Friday night around October. They would do these like spooky Friday night themes called the Dark Night, where they would play a bunch of scary programming like Goosebumps and Are You Afraid of the Dark. But as you were saying, they also did these like segments in between that were kind of like short horror movies or like kind of wow. short segments like, of original wow. horror content. And they were wow. so low budget, but they were yeah. so charming and so ingrained in every Canadian's memory. Like, you can't forget that. Those are some of the best times. And, like, I'm not sure if you remember as well, but they used to have contests. Like, you could mm-hmm. win, like, uh, the, uh, the, the the Dark Knight t-shirts or, or, or Goosebumps. What I would give for a Dark Knight t-shirt. Goosebumps. Oh, my God. Wouldn't that be so retro? That'd be so awesome. That's like, so good. Did you ever win? Did you ever, did you ever submit to any of this? I never won once, you know, and like, I remember like having my, my little like home phone right there, like on go as soon as it was time to call, <laughs> but I never won. I did win um, a YTV contest though, but it was never for uh, The Dark Knight. It was for, I'm not sure if you remember, there was a movie called um, The Warriors of Virtue. No. Okay. Nobody's heard of it before. Nobody, I'm, I swear to God, I don't know how I came across it, but it premiered on what YTV, this movie called Warriors of Virtue, and I loved it. And they had a contest for it, and I, my mom entered me in it, and we won. So that was it. But nobody remembers that movie. It's like something that never happened. It's so weird. But I love that. I love 
that like Canadian era of content that like did it even exist or did we hallucinate it? That's like my favorite subgenre. One of the big ones that I think a lot of us share of like um, collective hallucination show. Do you remember the Odyssey? I knew you were going to say that. Because I it's knew, the main one. Yeah. I knew, yeah. I knew you were going to say that. That's so unbelievable. And what's <laughs> so cool about that is the last podcast that I did, uh, it was with uh, an American podcaster who the, the, the two of them have an obsession with like Canadian like 90s TV. And Whoa. they were asking me like the name of this show and the way they were describing it because they couldn't figure it out. And I was like, is that the Odyssey? And they're like, they looked it up and they literally, like their minds were blown. (laughs) Honestly, me and my dad used to watch that and my dad used to be like, I don't know what we're watching, but we're not turning the channel because it's so crazy. It's something about it. It, It's like, yeah, no one has seen it, but we've all kind of dreamt it. For people that might remember, I guess it was a Canadian show, but I, I don't know. I can't confirm that. But there was this kid that was like in a coma and he had these friends and they were going on this like hero's journey to like get him out of the coma is my memory, but I could not be having this backwards. And yes. so like the kids in real life would be going through their like daily dramas and then you'd like go into the kid in a coma and like he'd be on his like odyssey and it was only on at 3 a.m on ytv that's, in like 1998 that's that's the best way to describe it ever that's perfect oh i love that you could help those americans find their peace that's very beautiful where they were stunned like they were trying to figure out the name of it and they were like we've been it's like they've been at it for years they said so like i was wow i, was, I believe it i believe it this is not the first time i hear about this all the time it's like it's this weird effect on on people there's one that i remember just like how you had that film that like is lost to just your subconscious i have one for me too and i'm wondering if you're going to be the first person to remember it but i doubt it because no one's ever remembered it it wasn't a movie it was an australian tv show called round the bend oh my heart yeah it was this weird australian show and this like weird australian family i think they lived in a lighthouse or near a lighthouse and it was just so fucking weird what was it like a cartoon no it was live action see and it's okay and this is how it is this is this is my fate i have to be alone with round the bend for the rest of my life and i think that's beautiful for me (laughs) i'm I'm happy for that's how i am yeah We'll take it to the grave. That's fine. Yes. And That's honestly, fine. are they real? We cannot confirm. Cannot confirm. That we can't confirm. I'm going to have to look that up because I, I don't think I've ever heard of that before. And there was this really insane episode that I'll never forget. You know, because I was this like queer kid in the 90s and they had this like insane, really nightmarish episode where like the boy in the family like gets not in a like a trans way in like a weird 90s way gets like a strange gender reversal and for me it was like the first time i'd ever encountered that kind of thing and it was like a lot of questions were 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 brought to the table with that bizarre episode far like ahead of its time which you know what in a good way (laughs) but yeah i feel like the 90s really uh whether they did it successfully or not were really like Mm-hmm. Try to push ahead of their time. Like, if you look at old episodes of like 
Boy Meets World and like mm-hmm. 90s sitcoms, they tackled a lot of issues that I don't know if uh, today's would be brave enough to tackle. But mm-hmm. yeah, it's something yeah, really we, cool. The TV went harder in the 90s, but specifically Canadian TV. And even more specifically, Are You Afraid of the Dark? Just Love went it. all in. And since we're on the topic of that, would you mind if I gave like a bit of a seminar on the history of Are You Afraid of the Dark? Please, please school us. Okay, well, as you probably already know, and everyone at home may remember, Are You Afraid of the Dark was this horror anthology series created by YTV in the 90s, I think started in 1990, and was distributed by Nickelodeon in the States. So it ran basically from 1990 to 1996. This was our original run of this YA kind of young teen horror anthology series created by DJ McHale and Ned Candle uh, with this Canadian company named Sinar or Sinar. If you're Canadian, you know the logo. And it was shot in BC as well as Quebec, specifically like the Montreal area. Uh, It had a very iconic cast. The main deck of characters, their names were Gary, Betty Ann, Kiki, Frank, Tucker, we had a Kristen, I think there was an Eric. These kids were iconic. But something that was, what stands out for me and makes the show so special for me and my little nostalgia brain, I think is the production design. You had this show and it just, it was wonky. It kind of had this very French existential sort of surrealist energy, but it was this fairly simple kids show. So I think that's part of why it like kind of had this uncanny valley effect on all of these little Canadian kids in the nineties, because they went really hard on the art department on the show. And even now when you rewatch it, it's beautiful and weird and dripping with just like uncanny, surreal, mm, like artfulness. Would you, you, are you with me on this? You, you literally, the way you phrased that was beautiful. Beautiful. (laughs) Um, Like I, I couldn't agree anymore. That that's exactly the art department the amount of thought that went into everything, like I mean, like the outfits, like like the the aesthetic, the 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 lighting, everything just screamed like nineties like horror almost. And it was it was such a great thing to, to see mm-hmm. and to revisit the everything from like the makeup, uh, like the hairstyling. The, the, it's just so unapologetically nineties Canadian that I love. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like big time. And mm, Americans might not have like uh, a reference for this, but Canadian film in the 90s was all kind of like, if it had its own mark, I think that mark was kind of strange, like kind of surreal. Like some of the Canadian horror movies of the time, you had movies like Cube, um, Ginger Snaps, like... Everything kind of had a bit of an edge at that time. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, we we were trying to, I think, uh, really kind of like carve out a name for ourselves, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and the main production designer, I'm not even going to attempt to say his name unless you know how, uh, because I don't want to butcher it. Ah, uh, can, do you want to give it a try? I, 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 it's <laughs> Riel Prulo. I can't, no, I'm, I'm destroying it. Do you, do you have a sense of what this person's name is? 
I, I do. Let me see if I can give it a oh, better. Save me uh, for myself. That's okay. Um, <laughs> I, I have it here. I can see it, but like I could, it's, it's a, it's, it's a stumping one. I, uh-huh. I, I think that it's prolude. Yeah. What Real. you said. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's this dude that really brought the magic to the show. Absolutely. He would go on to work on the art department on movies like Shutter Island, The Aviator, and The Day After Tomorrow. So, like, this man was bringing his A-game, and I think it's Jeez. part of why I like the show so much. Like, honestly, you can honestly, like, maybe even think of, like, Are You Afraid of the Dark as his, like, kind of introduction to, to like, the art and film. Like, what he w- went on to do in, in Shutter Island and, like, the day after tomorrow, the aviator is just unbelievable work, and it's yeah, it's amazing to think that the the, the blueprint of that kind of started with "Are You Afraid of the Dark," which you can yeah. clearly see some really vast like examples of. Mm-hmm. And then Scorsese would pick him up, of course. And I don't know. Do you think that there's an overlap between French cinema and French Canadian cinema? Do you think they share a certain je ne sais quoi? Um, I think, I think they do, you know, like we, we, I mean, I, I can't really speak for, for Quebecers, but I think there is like a, uh, there is almost like an imitation is, is the best form of flattery kind of mm-hmm. thing there where, where we've tried to kind of take themes from French cinema, uh, specifically from like the art viewpoint mm-hmm. of that and kind of incorporate into our own, if, if that makes sense, just like how we kind of like have poutine mm-hmm. it's like our our own version of what french is supposed to be right yes so, totally yeah it's kind of like this weird hybrid of like yeah art house french and like east coast stephen king spookiness however, however yeah. i say though that you tying in like a reference to french cinema is the first time that i've viewed it in that light and it's just <laughs> blowing my mind like how how accurate that is that's a like a really great way of a really great lens of seeing it through for sure i really appreciate that and i can just tell that we are really passionate about this show and <laughs> like people that get it get it and it might be hard like it's a hybrid i think of like glossy nostalgia but also as we were saying this like uncanny surrealism that is like really left an imprint on us maybe even like a bit of a trauma on us but like in a you know what in in a very cool way like it was as i said i was born in 92 so me watching are you afraid of the dark growing up was my first experiences with a lot of themes and horror like Mm -hmm. for example up until uh you know like laughing in the dark or or, or, or or crimson clown i thought all clowns were good i thought all <laughs> clowns were were this symbolism of of you know fun and and i learned through our year for the dark that like the whole theme of like a killer clown or like an evil clown you know uh episodes mm-hmm. like um, uh the the, the gruesome Gatsby-Grenner. Ghastly Grinner. That, that, that's not okay Ghastly Grinner is like its own thing like oh yeah like, the the how iconic Ghastly Grinner is, and like especially if you want to talk about like vibes and like nineties feel, like that whole bus scene where he gets on the bus, like and, 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 and 
Wait, wait, for people that may not know, or even if they do, can you tell us a little bit about what the episode, The Tale of the Ghastly Grinner, was all about? Ghastly Grinner was about an aspiring comic book artist. Um, Now, my details might be a little off here, but the bulk of it was he was an aspiring uh, comic book artist. A new comic book shop had just opened up in town. Uh, He went, no, he got an invitation to go to it. When he gets there, uh, he finds out that um, it's run by this woman who kind of secretly is like recruiting him to become this, like to, to help her with this evil that's been unleashed. And so uh, I think she get, she gives him the comic of the ghastly grinner or, or mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I think that's how it goes. He takes mm-hmm. it home. And he takes it home is when like, things start to get a little crazy. I think like, I think the first instance of it was he puts it in like the microwave or something, something like that. I remember yeah. it in the microwave and yep. it, it blows up. And when it blows up, the ghastly grinner is loose. And for the remainder of the episode, he's just haunting this kid and terrorizing him. And like in ways that are like real horror, like for example, oh, like, yeah. that bus scene when, okay, first of all, like, when the ghastly grinner bursts through the microwave, uh, the first two people like he possesses are his parents, which like to see them oozing this like blue, like uh, what was it, like slime out of their mouth yeah. and have this real zombie that again was like one of the first times I, as a kid had seen that kind of like, not really possession, but like, you know, like just like a, a, a takeover of a body and, and turning yeah. it into something that's demonic, essentially. And uh, so from there, the, uh, like, there's instances where, where he where he's on the bus and the bus driver, all of a sudden his head spins around like the exorcist and he's <laughs> drooling this blue ooze. And it's like, these are terrifying scenes for a kid who like, uh, you know, like doesn't at this point now has no parental you know, security or support. Yeah, he's on his own. Out here in the world, I think he had a, uh, a girl there who he had met in class or who was like a fellow comic book uh, fan. And mm-hmm. so like the whole episode is him and her trying to navigate how they're going to defeat the, the ghastly grinner. And it turns out he actually has to rewrite or like finish off the, the comic, which is what the yeah. girl had recruited him to do in the first place. And that's how they do it. But just a terrifying and iconic episode. Like one of the scariest. It, it, it's on my uh, it's on my honorable mentions. Yeah. I do have a couple other favorites, but it's on my honor. No. It, it, yeah. It's definitely, it's definitely on mine too. It's, it's like yeah. it's in between honorable mention and like making my top five. The only reason it's not on my top five is because I'm a pretentious piece of shit. And I had to <laughs> pick things that like not everybody else new as well but if i was going to be fully honest like it may it maybe deserves a place in the top five if yeah i think it's probably the quintessential episode that fucked up kids in the 90s and that's really special totally totally especially if you were like which like who wasn't into comic books in the 90s like right like oh yeah it's all we had yeah it's all we had we didn't have all this all this new cool stuff but um but yeah, so like especially that they tied it in with something that we loved and and really like implemented a horror element there was really cool. And he was a fucking clown, and there's nothing scarier than like 
Yeah, they knew because they did. They did the scary clown thing at like at least three or four times on Are You Afraid of the Dark? Yes, and they, they did, did it good every time. Every single time from episode like what was it like two three with uh, yeah. three with uh, laughing in the dark? Come on, like, I just rewatched whole, it too. The way it starts with the carnival, like come on, Bye. so good. Every like fall carnival I've ever been to here in Ontario, which I used to mm-hmm. love. Like, all the fall carnivals so it was just so it's so nostalgic i love those cheesy cheap dark rides now those like spook houses and i think it's because of that laughing in the dark episode when i was in grade 11 i got a job at this horror theme park in toronto called screamers for october oh yeah I like I I did a bunch of shit, but at the very very back, you know, aside from all like of the modern scary mazes, at the very very back, you had this like old rundown spook house, and it's all I ever wanted to go on. And I think it's because of this show. So my experience with Screamers is a little different than yours. My parents took me to Screamers when I was entirely way too young. I think I must have Uh been honestly like seven or eight. And I think they thought that it was kind of going to be like Canada's Wonderland's kind of a yeah. Halloween haunt type of thing. But Screamers is, a, and correct me if I'm wrong, I may have, I haven't, I've never been back since that day. But uh, 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 it's a little bit more mature. Oh yeah, it's like, for adults. It's like it's Halloween Horror Nights in I Orlando. Remember, I remember it. So my dad tells the story the best, but he's like, we went through the, the outside maze and i guess towards the end of it like a man with a chainsaw pops out at you yep my dad said that like a scooby-doo cartoon my legs started to move and run but i wasn't like i was so scared that i wasn't even moving and he literally had to pick me up and like carry me for the rest of the maze because like they had i I remember being terrified terrified screamers was so cool but i was so scared and like scary it's definitely shaped my love for horror at a very very young age so to hear that you work there is so cool uh it's one of the scare i I still can't do like haunted mazes and stuff like that uh working there was one thing but like i'm too much of a baby can i quickly tell you my favorite story from working at screamers So this is my favorite thing that I ever did at Screamers. They had this one, it was like a bunch of different mazes, like horror mazes. And one of them was called the black hole. And all that you, all that happened in the black hole, it was pitch black. And you followed this little red light. And every once in a while, there'd be like scare actors to jump out and like spook you or like a flash of light or smoke. (laughs) But other than that, it was just pitch black. And you just had to wait until people scared you. And so one day I was working in this maze. And I could see them coming because I could like see them walking like the guests walking in from the light. And what I would do is I would like wait until they would say their name. So they'd be like, oh, Jenny, I'm so freaked out. And then I'd follow that group for like a little bit too long. And then they'd be like, oh, and then like someone would like grab me and like and I'd go, I'm not Jenny. And every time they like crapped themselves, it was a really good setup. That is, uh, that's so good. That is so good. It made the time go by faster. I, I would go back now and like, okay, now this is always something that I've always like kind of been on the fence. Was there, was there like a video, like, was there like a theater in there as well? 
There was, that's so funny you brought that up. So they had a live show. Of dismembering? Yeah, I think so. And honestly, that's what I would, like, that was my main gig. Is because, like, I was in, I went to theater school in Toronto. And, like, whenever we got there, like, what do you like? And I was like, theater. So they put me in the play. And, yeah, there was a live play where they would, like, pretend to, like, kill people on stage. Yes. Um, and that and that's what I did. And I remember I had like a blood pack in my mouth and they would pick me out of the audience like a fake like a plant in the audience. Oh and then they, they would like stab God. me in the neck and the blood would go out everywhere. <laughs> Stuff oh like that. That's it was exactly a good year. What I remember. That's exactly I remember like there being a table on the stage and there just being so much blood. And my mom at one point was like, Okay, maybe we should like take him out. This is getting a little... <laughs> yeah. I was, I was scared. They, the they, 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 they totally thought it was. And so I was there. With, so I remember being like, I remember being like, this is not for kids. Like, this is crazy. This is oh. so scary. I, to this day, I won't do like a haunted house or a maze if there's scare actors. I just absolutely can't. It's too much we, for me. We have to go, though. Like, if it's back in October, oh, you go. Done. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yes, one hundred and fifty percent. One hundred and fifty percent. It's happening. We'll get together some like horror people in the city, and we'll probably go. That sounds awesome. Because I love you know that. What? We should and film it. I'm down. That would be awesome. Let's do it. <laughs> I love it. Okay, I'm wondering. Like, I have to know what are some of your favorite episodes of Are You Afraid of the Dark? I asked okay. you to bring in a couple. So, would you say you have like a, a definitive top five? Yes, I have a top five. I do have a couple of honorable mentions as well. And my honorable mentions are more like ones that have like a personal, there's something personal there Mm -hmm. for me. Uh, But I do have a top five for sure. Definitely. So why don't we start with you? Why don't we start with, uh, no, let's hear your proper top five before we hit your honorable mentions. Because I I just have to know. Okay, so my proper top five, um, in no order, but are... The Tale of the Frozen Ghost. Nice. That was, that's in there. Okay. My next one is The Tale of the Shiny Red Bicycle. Classic. Love that one. The Tale of Apartment 214. Ooh, damn. He is like one of the scare, like in my top three of one of the scariest episodes in the what whole What does the old lady say to her? You said you'd hang up. You oh. well, okay, hang on, hang on. Wait. The whole thing was because she had said that she would be with her on the day that she told her to be there. Yeah. And what happened was she, her friend came by and was like, oh, I've got these tickets to this concert. Let's go to the concert. And what ended up happening was that day was the day that that woman had passed, had died like years ago. And she was so alone that day. And so she it turned into this, like such a horror movie. It was crazy. Oh, so yeah, it's so like, scary and sad. Like, they really hit the tragedy of the horror with that one. Yes, and the buildup with, like, literally, like, because you have to, like, remember, like, she was spending, like, months with this woman, like, in her apartment doing mm-hmm. things with her, and she was oh. dead the whole dead time. Dead as a ghost. Yeah, this, like, really cutesy old lady, like, kind of out of a fairy tale book. Yes. Like, really kind and this like younger girl hangs out with her every day and they kind of become friends yeah and then it turns out that she's a ghost that's a scary one that's so scary and like the superintendent when he's like oh i don't know what you're talking about there hasn't been anyone in that 
that that room <laughs> since whatever, whatever. That's when like the ball dropped, and it's like, yeah, what? Like, oh fuck, that yeah, I know so stuff quick. like that. We were not ready for. We just weren't not- prepared for that, and I love that. <laughs> Um, I did put the gas. I'm gonna slide the ghastly grinner in there after I talk. Is that one? That, that was my top. Yeah, totally deserves it. Uh, and then my last one would be the tale of the night nurse, which was the last one, like the series finale, which I thought they did such an amazing job with. Do you remember season seven? That? Yes, or- season seven. Okay, so yep. that was like the first revival series. I actually am not as familiar with those last two seasons. Oh what God. was that okay. one about? The Tale of the Night Nurse was, it's terrifying. It's, it's pretty much um, these sisters go and visit their grandfather. Mm-hmm. Um, and what happens is, the, uh, it's, okay, you, it, the grandfather knows that something weird is happening in the house. So that's already like something strange there. Like he he's, he tells them like I, I think they the two of them like saw like a vision of like a girl in the house and he's like oh no 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 that's n- nothing but secretly like he knows that there's some weird things happening so mm-hmm. what what's happening is the ghost of a nurse is terrorizing these two teen girls trying to give one of them a needle uh, with penicillin in it and so like the girl what? will literally like wake up in the middle of the night. And there's a nurse standing over her with this big ass needle saying like, you have to take your shot. You have to take your shot. And she like shows up in the scariest places, like telling her she has to take this shot. But what happens, like what, what the, what pretty much what happened was the nurse was there uh, at the house before the grandfather and all that. And she was tending to this little girl at the house the little girl uh, was sick, and she, I think the nurse gave her a shot of penicillin, but was accused of giving her, like, poison or something. And it turned out was the girl was allergic to the penicillin, so she died. And the nurse was blamed for killing this girl. So, so now these two teen girls have to, like, rectify that via, like, going back into the vision and telling the nurse, like, no... This little girl is allergic to penicillin before she kills her. And it's just the way that she terrorizes them, though, is so scary. I love that. What an iconic name for a villain, too, the Night Nurse. Like, that would be a good movie. Oh, my God. It's so good. It's so good. So that was oh, the season. Now, yes. And, like, literally tell me, like, what you think, because I'm so excited for you to watch it. Oh, um, absolutely. Okay, great. And then a couple of my honorable mentions. The Tale of the Pinball Wizard. I loved that one. Okay. This, just like literally just that mall vibe, that 90s mall vibe, you yeah. can't beat that. And like the fact that like like it was a, it started like the whole being left alone in a mall after it closed. That was a whole thing in the 90s, like fear. And like just mm-hmm. the things that happened in the mall, it just, it was so amazing. That whole episode. Loved that one. Um, mm-hmm. Laughing in the Dark, of course. That was the like the first time I was exposed to uh, scary clown. Yeah, exactly, a scary clown. Um, the Tale of the Lonely Ghost. I love that one. That one was Ooh. so and like it's like sad. heartfelt. Yeah, like on yeah. top of like the scares, which like you have this girl like in a mirror. Like the 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 heartfelt was just it was just so nice and wholesome. Oh um, yeah. Did you say Frozen Ghost was on your list too? 
Uh, yeah, the frozen ghost. I, I love cold. It. It's like me one. every day in Canada. Well, that's what that's what the whole Canadian thing was. And like my family, like my mom and dad, who I, I, I mentioned love the show as well. Like every winter, they would like scare <laughs> me and do that voice and like, like hug themselves and go, "I'm cold." I'm, I'm cold. They were a family joke, literally. It was so. I good. love that for you guys. That was good. So and that then, is, uh, that's so true. I, I wrote an article for Dread Central in the middle of winter really? about about that ep- about that episode. Yeah, just because oh. I was so cold. And I have to get go back and that. I'll awesome. share it with you. It's very important to me. Dread Central um, is really amazing. Yeah, rep- that, that's that's where we're at today. So yeah, we're big Love fans. It. We're we're all big fans of uh, horror for kids. By the way, over at Dread Central, oh, just so you know. Thank you so much. Love that. Yeah. We're huge fans of yours too, believe me. Oh, I love to hear it. So do, would you be interested in hearing some of my top five I picks? Would love, let's hear it. Let's literally, oh. this is the best conversation I've had. Let's hear it. This is, I, this is all I ever want to talk about. I'll be honest with you 100%. <laughs> um, so, okay. I, I tried to watch all of these for this episode. And the one that I found to be the absolute scariest was The Tale of the Night Shift. I think this was like that last episode or ish for season three. Um, do you remember this one? The tale of the, was that the one where they are in like the uh, the hospital? Yes. So there's something uh, about hospital horror that always gets me. Like I don't know if you're a Buffy person, but my favorite episode of Buffy is called Killed by Death, and there's this like really scary kind of Freddy Krueger esque monster walking around the hospital killing kids, and oh it's my like God. my absolute favorite Buffy episode. And this episode of Are You Afraid of the Dark is so similar. So yeah, it, it takes place in a hospital overnight. And our main character is like a, a hospital candy striper or like volunteer. And we learn that there's this like really scary vampire in the basement that is like preying on everybody in the hospital until basically he gets everybody. And they the creature effects on this guy are like terrifying like they went way too hard on it and i love it loved it love that that's one of my favorite ones there's a scene in that one too where like uh he's coming or like one of the kids that he bit are coming into like the staircase there's like a staircase scene and uh like staircases already are like so like small and to be caught with like a killer vampire killer child vampire in one of those was terrifying I love it so much. It's so good. And also, like, I just I love the hospital setting. And yes. he, the, the evil vampire, appears as this, like, nice girl named Margot. And she is just, like, a gay icon. I just think there's something about this Margot. Like, I, I love her so much. And all these actors in this episode are actually really bringing it, too. So oh, they love, are serving the whole they're episode. They're a couple other ones that I'm just going to fly through that I love are The Tale of the 13th Floor, which is kind of like a sci-fi moment. We have The Whispering Walls, which is like a spooky kind love of that. shining inspired one. Yes, I love That's that one too. There's The Bookish Babysitter about this okay. like babysitter with books that re- really fuck you up when you read them. I'm and sorry, then the one because the yeah. bookish the only reason that it wasn't on my list was because I took a quick peek and saw it on your list. But the bookish babysitter <laughs> totally made mine too. I love that one. It's so scary, and the fact it's that so it's scary. happening like in his house is even scary. 
Oh, I love that. And I love that it's all about the power of the imagination. So yes, yeah, since oh. we're talking about it, there's this like, like kid that like hates his, hates having babysitters. So his mom like gets the babysitter for kids that like hate babysitters. And she's this like weirdo teenage girl with like spiky blonde bangs. And she has these like magical books and she's like trying to make him read them. And then when he does, they're like old school, scary fairy tales they immediately come to life. So all these like scary phantoms and witches and monsters like appear in his house kind of has like a Freddy Krueger vibe too, because like all these, like these scariest things ever invade your most like personal space. Yes. I love it. So good. And the very last one on my list is, uh, the tale of the dangerous soup starring Nev Campbell. Um, one of my favorites. That one was iconic. Nev Campbell, like a, a Canadian like gem, honestly. Oh yeah, what a legend. I was watching it today and I was thinking like, obviously she got Scream because of Party of Five. But like, I hope that casting director watched this episode of Are You Free of the Dark? Because she was giving. She nailed her role. It was so good. So good. She was so good. Yeah, there's this. So like the whole gist is like, there's this like uh, chef that like, makes a soup and the secret ingredient is fear. So he has this like back room where if you go in it, you like see whatever scares you the most. And Nev Campbell's fear is like claustrophobia. So all of a sudden the walls just slowly start like going in on her to like, you think it maybe will crush her. It's fucked up. It is awesome. It is awesome. It's so good. I I love that one too. That's one of my favorites as well. Um, I know you said that you, you, haven't really checked out the last two seasons. Did you have a chance to ever watch the tale of the gruesome gourmets? No, tell me. I have tell me more immediately. The tale of the gruesome gourmets shook me to my core as a kid because it was the first time that I had been exposed to cannibalism and like oh, the thought that like people were eating people like blew me away. And I, I remember being like. <laughs> Episode when it finished, I remember being like, "Ah, like, that's <gasps> gross!" Like, Whoa, they did a cannibal episode. Good for them. Yeah, they did a cannibal episode where, like, like and again, kids show, so they had to really kind of like be on that line. But the the implications were totally there. Like the freezer <laughs> theme, like it, it it was creepy. It was really creepy. I will absolutely be watching that after this because okay. I, like, I yeah in canada oh. we have all of are you afraid of the dark for free officially streaming on youtube are you aware of this i am aware of it yes i am nice I, I have i have uh took it upon myself to like grab all of them from youtube and kind of like hoard them on this like icloud drive that i have <sighs> so, so i literally smart. have made like a playlist and i pretty much sleep to that every night. I'm so I, late. I love that. You mentioned that to me and I'm actually going to do the same thing. Oh, I'm finishing. Like, yeah. Oh yeah. That's going to be my next, like, my next fall asleep like, watch. Especially if like you can catch an episode that kind of has like a nighttime theme. Oh my God. Oh, okay. absolutely. That's Which is nice. like a, a lot of them. A yeah. Lot of them. Yeah. I, 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 yeah, this is going to be my next, I might go through it all chronologically because yeah. that's where oh, I'm at emotionally. You'll get to a point where like, you like like now I'm at the point now where like I, I I might start like if I know I'm gonna fall asleep in a few episodes 
I'll start with like one that's maybe not my favorite and like kind of like work my way to like, there's, you'll, you'll totally get the hang of it. So it's, it's, I love that. So by the time you're like falling asleep, like the good stuff is Uh, infiltrating your mind brain. It's kicking in. Yeah. (laughs) I love that. That's, that's like a good way to get some spooky dreams. Yeah. Um, It's so good. So I don't know too much about the 2019 revival. I was thinking maybe we could talk about it just for like half a second before we get into the canceled movie. What's your relationship with the miniseries that came out in October of 2019? Well, I was just like thrilled that a revival of one of my favorite series growing up was coming back. And uh, even though they didn't like follow the anthology kind of format, I -hmm. thought it was extremely well done. I thought especially like there were some genuine, genuinely great scares in it. Um, and I, I, I liked that it was kind of short and sweet. I really liked the three episode format. I loved the 2021 reboot as well. Um, I just, mm-hmm. I, I felt it was a little long and some episodes were a little, I, I don't want to call them filler episodes, but there weren't mm-hmm. as, for example, the here's here's my honest assessment. Like the first episode of the 2021 reboot might be the scariest like episode in Are You Afraid of the Dark history. Whoa. Point blank. There yeah. are there yeah, there the first episode of the 2021 reboot, there are literal like things that you would see in like The Conjuring, like Insidious. Like it is there are, it's so scary. And then from Whoa. there I found it kind of kind of trickled down a bit there are some some also some great quality scares throughout the series but the first episode was like groundbreaking uh, I'm gonna have to check that the, out. the 2019 reboot was a little bit more consistent with its scares through the three episodes they were really good scares but man i'll never forget like i i just i i happened my my younger cousin uh happened to be with me here from the states and uh, just at the time of, that the 2021 reboot was premiering, and he is 13, and mm-hmm. uh, we, we watched the first episode, and he was like, "That was horrifying." He's like, "This is for kids," and I'm like, yeah. "Yes, this is are you? This is the are you afraid of the dark that I remember? Like, give me this." Yeah, it needs to be pushing the boundaries of like what will fuck up a kid. I think that's what well, makes it so special. So I'm glad that they're still pushing those lines. Yeah, yeah, and like, just like the to see now, like I think, um, I think it was somebody did like a uh, like a live tweet of like the twenty twenty one like first episode, and it was like this big Twitter moment, like our year for the dark is back, and it was just so cool to be like a part of, and yeah. I, I just thought it was so awesome, so awesome. So I'm glad that they they've even uh, signed on to have a third season now, which is phenomenal. Yes. Uh, I'm really excited for that too. So Do we know anything reboot, about what the third one's going to be about? The third one is I, Ghost the Island. Ghost Island, yes, that's right, that's right. Yeah, and I don't think there's too many details out right now. Okay, um, but um, I am super pumped, and I am looking out for anything that that drops. Yeah, <laughs> so I mean, it, we have some "Are You Afraid of the Dark" on the horizon, and that's not something we can always say. So, I am grateful. I, I gotta yeah, watch so, that second series, though. I'm, I'm oh a little God, bit behind. That's totally cool. You know what? Like the first one in 2019 was three episodes. So it was like something that you can do in like a day. Yeah. But this, uh, the 2021 one, I believe is eight, eight episodes. Okay. Eight 
You're going I'm bigger. Longer, right? But uh, the story is really good, though. Really good. I wonder if they were going to be a 2021, but maybe COVID got in the way. Maybe. No, because it, it maybe would have been a little early for that. Either way, yeah. we're getting it, and I kind of love to see it. Um, how are you feeling? Do you think it's time for what everyone is sort of waiting for, which is a little bit of information, a little bit of backstory about this canceled Are You Afraid of the Dark movie? Yes, I definitely think it's time to get into it. Let's get into what we could have had. What we could, and, and, and like, what could, what could still be, maybe, we don't know. Fingers crossed, fingers crossed. Fingers crossed, fingers crossed. All right, I feel like so, yes, sorry? With like, no, no, I, I, I just feel like, like, especially now with like, you know, like Paramount Plus coming out, mm-hmm. and there's all kind of like new streaming like powerhouses. I feel like there's, there's definitely a chance that we do get, um, this uh, movie. movie, yeah. I I want to think so too. And I think we'll like see at the end if it like if these sort of miniseries are sort of taking its place, or like there's gonna be room for both. We're gonna have to find out. I um, I would love room for both. I think that like if if we can do like kind of like kind of like what the Chucky season one kind of oh, did. Yeah. And, like, that into like a movie at the end of it that would be like amazing amazing i mean and i i don't know about you but i am missing the anthology format that is like something that like that i'm I'm happy that we have those new series but they're not scratching the nostalgic itch of the like anthology anthology. yeah and what it is too is that as canadians we had uh are you afraid of the dark we had goosebumps, but we also yep. had one that a lot of people don't remember or know about, which was Freaky Stories. Damn, which was another, we had Freaky Stories. Was another anthology, right? So we are, we are, we were raised with like, yeah, anthologies. That's how we, that's how we associate kind of like the X Files, even like, right? So this is like, yep. uh and like, yeah. So we we definitely prefer an anthology based uh, like, series. Yeah, it, like our our brains kind of work in that way, and I don't know if the youngins, the Gen Zs, if if they would appreciate it as much. Maybe that's why they're leaning away from it. But Maybe. it's my fave is a good anthology series. You know what? Um, though here's here's the thing: we did. Um, I mean, the like one of the more recent horror series for kids, which is Creeped Out. Uh, two seasons of that. It's a phenomenal show. Uh, that that was an anthology like base series as well and that did really well so i'm hoping uh-huh. that they can kind of see how well that did and kind of turn that into something more modern too. yes i think i'd like that too i think the whole ryan murphy american horror story like season anthologies is kind of what people think our audiences are after now and i kind of yes. get that because they have their place and they're fun but i like something something quick and chewy. I agree. And, like I agree. episode by episode. Um, I agree. So if it's okay with you, I think I'm going to jump into some of this nitty gritty details about this canceled movie that we almost got. Please, please. So let's go. All, <laughs> um, all the way back in 2019, we got this announcement that Nickelodeon was going to release an Are You Afraid of the Dark movie. We had a logo, we had a release date, everything seemed ready to go. Even so much so that at the 2018 CinemaCon, Paramount showed off this like rough 
sort of poster art and it really yeah. seemed like things were underway. Uh, it, there was reports, everything is very reportedly and very allegedly, but there were reports online that DJ Caruso was m- potentially going to direct. Uh, then there were reports later on that he was replaced by Dean. Uh, I don't know how to say that, so I'm just going to keep going. And something that's very interesting about this um, development hell feature is that we were allegedly going to see a script from Mr. Gary Doberman. Uh, Gary Doberman, if people don't know, is like deeply ingrained in mainstream horror right now. This is the dude that wrote Annabelle. He wrote Annabelle 2. He wrote It, It Chapter 2 and The Nun. And he also wrote and directed the third Annabelle, Annabelle Comes Home, which, if I'm going to be real, I liked quite a bit. Love and, Annabelle. Uh, yeah, it's it's like, it's better than people think. It's it's very fun and very and spooky. And like, know, a, like, yeah. Yeah, like you, you totally nailed it. And of those movies that like he's, like been associated that he's wrote not associated with um like okay if you look at it chapter two you look at annabelle comes home there's a theme of like working with like children there like mm-hmm. and i really feel like he would have absolutely like nailed that like what yeah. he would have done with the movie would have been amazing and I, I think there's a quote there too that he was like uh, or, or, or someone who is in, in charge of what the film was supposed to be said something along the lines of like they wanted this film to really like honor like how Nickelodeon pushed like the horror element of Our Year for the Dark in the nineties, and it's just such a shame that like this was taken from us because this would have been so good. I I agree with you totally. Although I I think at the end of the day, I'm a little bit polarized on Gary Doberman. I like, I really like a lot of his stuff, but I think sometimes this dude maybe pushes a little bit too much towards, I don't know, a little bit mainstream, a little bit safe, a little bit by the numbers. Like I'm not a fan of that first Annabelle or the nun, but Annabelle two creation is like surprisingly really fun and spooky. And the same goes with Annabelle three. I totally agree. Annabelle, uh, so by Annabelle 3, you mean uh, Annabelle Comes Home, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay, so, so sometimes my mind is like, it mixes these up a bit. But um, Annabelle Comes Home was my favorite one of the series because it, it was just, it was genuinely like terrifying. And I feel like they really like, there was so much more supernatural like elements to it than the first two. And I love the way that the ending of it tied into how the whole thing began in the first Annabelle movie with the uh, the daughter who, who came and killed her her, uh, mm-hmm. her parents. It was like, the way it all tied in was amazing, but we didn't get that until that last one, which is crazy. But I totally and they see really it. get better as they yeah. go on. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Um, and something that maybe people know, maybe they don't, is that the next big project for Gary Doberman is he's writing and directing a big budget adaptation of Stephen King's Salem's Lot, which is probably going to come out, I think, this September or maybe October. So good. That's I can't un- wait. I can't wait for that. It might, it might be my favorite Stephen King proper novel. You know what? I I'm yet to have seen the I've seen parts of the original and I've read parts of the book, but I've never finished like either. 
So I, it, for me, I feel like this this new like modern take on it will be mm-hmm. the push that I need to kind of go back and really appreciate like the originals. So I'm really excited to have this new fresh take on it. I am too. And it looks like I think I found the quote that you were talking about. So yeah, Don Raymond spoke to the Hollywood Reporter about why he was so excited to potentially be working on an Are You Afraid of the Dark project. And he said, we're going to celebrate and honor the darker, scarier tone of the show that was groundbreaking for Nickelodeon at the time. You're right. Like, he really nails it. Like, it seems like the guy completely gets what is special about this series. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, He also spoke... Oh, yeah. No, please. I think he, like, uh, in my research, I think he's, like, close with James Wan, too. Yes. So I wonder if we would have gotten, like, even, like, a Wan influence on (sighs) this... On this Imagine well. about like James Wan's contribution to horror, <sighs> what he could have. I know, right? What he could have implemented <laughs> into Dark, the franchise could have been like monumental, right? Oh, because James Wan is kind of like the energy that he brings sometimes is gateway horror, but then make it adult and 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 like R rated fucked up. Like, um, you, Dead Silence is like an Are You Afraid of the Dark episode on steroids. Yes. Yes. Literally, I, you know what? That's the best way to put it. He makes, like, you think it's gateway horror, but it pushes it to, like, that R, that R really. That's, that's a great way to put it. That's exactly it. Like, and there's even themes in, like, The Conjuring 2, where it's like, there's, there's so much, like, youthfulness to it the toy like the wind-up toy that turns into like the, the 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 clown man like there's so much like there's so much really elements of of being a kid mm-hmm. so i think he would have absolutely nailed it i think he would have too and like when you brought up the chance that maybe there'd be like atomic monster or james wan influence on this like breaks my heart um, the last thing is Doberman had a conversation with Slash Films about potentially working on Are You Afraid of the Dark? And he said something along the lines of um, that he would come up with his original story, but that it still had them. He was still going to bring in the Midnight Society and it was still going to have that campfire energy. So it was still going to be like these people around a campfire telling a story and they were going to be the Midnight Society. Um which I love because it's the heart of the series. It's the heart. Like the, the episode beginning and ending with that is what, like I remember being a kid and like kind of for the most part feeling like all was okay. As long as they made it back to like the, 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 the campfire, like no matter how crazy (laughs) of a story that I just shot myself to as a kid. (laughs) Yeah. They got, they're safe. They're like, we're back. Yeah. yeah, exactly, exactly. I, so I, I agree. Yeah, that's totally a really important part of it. I, yeah, because it was all about imagination, and sometimes imagination can really fuck you up, and, like, you know, people with anxiety can probably relate to it, because, you know, Absolutely. panic is imagination, but it can still really, can really ruin your day. So it, it's really, like, there's something, yeah, safe about them all coming back at the end and getting yes. that closure. Absolutely. That was that closure for for, yeah. uh, for for a kid my age. That was important for me at the end of uh, <laughs> which is why episodes like uh, um, 
the tail of the the tail of the silver was it silver silver sight silver i forget uh, but i know i think i know what you're talking about the three parts the quicksilver quicksilver yes that was like so scary because it was like they were admitting that like this wasn't just a story um Mm -hmm. this was real this was real like the tail Mm -hmm. of the silver that's what it was yes there it is Three three series like that was unbelievable at the time, which was so good. And it came right before your, uh, I think you had said the Lunar Locust was in your top ones. I don't think no? so. I don't remember oh, that okay. one by name. Uh, but yeah, but yeah, it, it, it was, because uh, this was season seven as well, but that three mm, part okay. so cool. And we were saying that, like, generally at the end, like, there was closure and, like, everyone kind of came back to reality. But in these stories... Like, they weren't, like, goosebumps. Sometimes they did not have happy endings. Sometimes these kids were, like, fucked. And I yeah. I liked how dangerous that was. I loved that. I, sometimes it was, like, it wasn't a happy ending, like, what you got in, in, in most of the Goosebumps episodes. It was, like, this is how it was from this day on. Yeah, which was like, they're screwed. Really yeah. Oh, yeah. It, it was at the end of the, 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 um, the specs the super specs or something like i think that one had a bad ending a couple of them like had some bleak ends yeah some of them were not all that positive at all i love it uh, yeah there was there was a few of them that that were well and and speaking of unhappy endings uh the last we heard from gary doberman is that he vocalized that he was no longer a part of the project and that you know due to creative differences he was gonna have to part ways and that was sort of the last we ever heard about the Are You Afraid of the Dark movie. There were a couple other names that were thrown into the ring post Doberman, but nothing ever took off. And we were sort of just left with these revival series. And that leads me into conclusion territories. And I've got a question for you. Yes. And that question is, do you think we're ever going to get an Are You Afraid of the Dark movie? Like, if you really asked yourself and you looked inside of your heart, what does it say? Are we going to get a movie, or is it just going to be these uh, these limited series? Okay. As much as I would love to see a movie, and as much as I would throw my entire support behind it, I <laughs> have a hard time believing that they're going to take the risk. I mean, ah. See, even like because the Goosebumps movies did so well too. But I, yeah. for, are you for the dark specifically? I feel like because it traditionally like was a anthology show. I think a TV series is the way that this is going to pan out mm-hmm. um, for the foreseeable future. I think that you know it might get there might be uh, different people who come in and work on the series. I think mean, that'll be kind of like that thing, but I think it's going to follow like a Stranger Things kind of uh-huh. vibe from this yeah. point moving forward. And we're not going to, I I don't see us doing like a Hollywood release of an Are You Afraid of the Dark movie, unfortunately. I think that you're right, but maybe it's okay. Because as you were saying, it kind of thrives in the TV format. Uh, Anthology yeah. or narrative, like maybe that's where it works. Totally. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I totally agree with that. I'm just wondering, and you don't have to answer this, and if you don't have an answer, I can just take this all out, but do you, like, if you could hire someone to make an Are You Afraid of the Dark series or film, 
Like, do you know who, who, what name you would put in the ring? To make an argument for the Dark Series. Mm-hmm. Um, um, can I give you one while we, th- while we think? Yes, yes, yes. It wasn't perfect, but I w- kind of like liked the vibes of the Twilight Zone, like Jordan Peele reboot. I and was going to say Jordan Peele. I okay. think Jordan Peele would fuck up Are You Afraid of the Dark in the best way possible. I think he would make it so... Okay, okay so here's... I was I was in between uh, Jordan Peele and Del Toro. And the reason oh, I chose... Oh, Del Toro! I think, like, when you think about, like, Pan's Labyrinth and, like, oh. like his creature design, creature design, yeah. it would just be... Like unbelievable. However, Jordan Peele also crossed my mind too. Um, I think that like the the mental like the fear that he would kind of implement yeah. into it amazing, amazing. The psychological kind of yeah, like yes. yeah, what we were just saying, the um, Twilight Zone vibe. Yeah, yes. Which but I you know what? I take it back. It has to be Guillermo del Toro, especially after uh, scary stories uh, to tell in the dark, which he's obsessed yes, with. Yes, yes, yes. Exactly. I love it's, that. Movie. It's all down to him. And I don't know if you know this, you probably do. He's got a Netflix horror anthology series coming out in the next year or so called, I think, Cabinet of Curiosities. I did not know that. I'm yeah. So and he has like a that. slew of very cool directors and writers on it. Are you serious? Is it yeah. for like, for, I'm sure it's for adults, but uh, yeah. that that sounds amazing. I know. He's, I my, he's my hero. So. Oh my God. I love that. I love that. And, uh, I had posted uh, a clip on Horror for Kids a while ago about he he had done an interview um, in which he had pretty much just said like a lot of his uh, inspiration comes from like nightmares that he had as a kid and like and that things that he used to see like not <laughs> even like like he he kind of like kind of implies that like he legitimately used to see like monsters and stuff like, like in his imagination, like spirits and whatnot. And he pulls like references from that to put into his movies. I just love that. That's awesome. And his like traveling, like art exhibit was called at home with monsters. So I totally believe it. He seems like someone that, you know, is relaxed around spooky monster Mm -hmm. stuff. He's just my hero. He would, he would do an absolutely amazing job on that um really random just as we're talking about like kind of like horror anthologies and whatnot have you had the the chance to check out on netflix it's called haunted no tell me more oh my god haunted on netflix is like one of my favorite things on earth right now i I mean i've finished it but uh, i think there's a season three coming out pretty much yeah it's an anthology but it's it's kind of like a circle group of like people that are retelling something that happened to them or like, yeah. And so the stories, and so it kind of goes into like a recreation. It kind of goes back and forth of them in this circle of like their family and friends, like retelling the story. And then it goes into like what actually happened via like, like a retelling via actors and all that. But it is so scary. Every episode is a horror movie. It's one of the best things that I've seen in a very long time. If you have the chance to check it out, check it out. It's really good. I literally just added it to my watch list, and I cannot oh my- wait. I'm probably going to watch it tonight, and I'm ready to be there's scared. 
there's a couple episodes that are just like I I I hope that we can have like another chat. Like this is so much this has been so much fun and there's so much to talk about now. It's 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 great. But yeah, I, check it I out. There's three episodes that are just unbelievably scary. We have to find a reason to 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 podcast again one day because like clearly we have you know our hearts are in the same spot and it's just so exciting to find someone else like that because it's something you can't fake you know it's like like i horror has been like embedded in me from the time that i was a child it's why i got into my career as a makeup artist and it's something that that i I truly like deeply love and it's so amazing to be able to like chat with someone especially someone in like the gta who is like so so passionate about horror that's (laughs) yeah yeah well you know what You, you have a new friend I literally I'm, hang out whenever, and we gotta go to Screamers, but I'm already scared. Yes, let's do it. I'm listen. I'm the re- like my account's called Horror for Kids. I'm the biggest chicken ever. I here's here's something that not a lot of people know. I literally only started to watch like slasher films uh, in 2019. Before <laughs> then, before then, I literally couldn't stomach the blood and gore, and I used to stick to like supernatural exorcism paranormal movies and like squint through like even like halloween which has like no blood in it and then something like i don't know if it was covid or what something (laughs) snapped in my head and i was able to watch like all of them and so like for the past since 2019 i've like been catching up on all the movies that i was too chicken to ever watch and just been like re-falling in love with horror all over again so it's been it's been really great I love to hear that, and I'm with you. I'm a big, I'm a big baby when it comes to horror, which is kind of why I, I still love gateway horror so much. Um, That's why, my, yeah, literally. If you wanted to be found online, where could people find you, and also where can people find horror for kids? Yeah, so me myself, I'm on Twitter, I'm on Instagram. Uh, it's just my first and last name, which is R A I N I E R. C-R-O-F-T, Renee Croft. Uh, Horror for Kids is on Twitter, it's on Instagram, it's on Facebook as well, um, which is crazy because, like, I originally started as just a Twitter page and through, like, through doing podcasts with amazing, like, YouTubers and horror influencers and just amazing people like yourself, everyone was like, look, you got to do, like, an Instagram account. And at first I was like, oh, that's so much work. I, I, yeah. I would love to. I'm like, my hands are full with the Twitter account. But now, like, I'm so happy that I did, like, expand to Instagram and Facebook because I've met even more, like, awesome, cool people. And it's just been so much fun. It's really, like, the past two years of running this account has been so much fun. Like, it's one of the most fun things I've ever done in my life. And I'm just having a blast with, with the whole community. Uh, and I'm honestly so grateful because I'm literally like your number one fan. It like makes oh. my day every time I see a post. It's like my favorite on the internet. So thank you so much. Thank I'm a grateful so stan right here. Thank you so much for listening to Development Hell. If you enjoy this podcast, then please do us a major favor of leaving us five stars and writing a positive review. It really makes all the difference in the world. We'll see you next week with a brand new episode of Development Hell. Thank you for listening. 
to the Dread Podcast Network.